0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sociology Talk. I'm your host, Andres Sanchez. Today, we have Allison Rigby, who is a program coordinator at State University Tempe. I hope you can learn from her experience and journey in sociology. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming back to another episode of Sociology Talk. Uh, Here we have Allison Rigby, who is the program coordinator at Arizona State University Tempe. So it's nice to have you on. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited.
0: Yes, yes, me too. So before we go into the conversation about your occupation and what you actually do, um, I usually like to back up and ask a question about uh, people's first experiences with sociology. So can you tell me a little bit about what what drew you into the major um, and then why you decided to major in it?
1: Yeah, so I actually started in community college at Anlo Valley College um, as a liberal arts student, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then uh, throughout the course of that, I decided to um, major in history, which that's what I ended up getting my AA in. And but that kind of led me to I guess studying history. um, So liberal arts was basically like a gateway just to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And then with history, I realized that there were questions to things that I had that I realized that I didn't think that history was fully answering for me. And so that's why I decided to do sociology for my BA because I just had questions about life that I didn't know the answers to. And I didn't know that, you know, the names for those things. It's almost like in the matrix, you know, where Neo, he knows that there's something that's a little bit off, but he just doesn't know what it is. That's how I felt about society. And so sociology was A natural fit for somebody who is always asking why, like myself. And so, yeah, that's what drew me into the um, field.
0: Right. Yeah. I actually had a similar conversation earlier with the, I have an individual named Joey Williams who came on and talked about it and just, um, yeah. And likewise myself, I mean, I just felt like these concepts, what I experienced, we can put a word to or a concept to and uh, these experiences were just shared amongst other people and so it was just really hard to explain it though like you knew that it was happening but right it's hard it's hard to actually articulate it but then once you come into sociology you're able to really understand that right and so much more fully so Um, Right, And
1: there's so many questions about life that I think I had that I didn't have the answers to and whether it was based on my own lived experiences, you know, as a person in the world or maybe experiences that, you know, my friends or family had that were different than mine that I had questions about, Um, you know, growing up in Southern California, my parents always took us to the beach and we always went to Zuma and then we would drive through we would call them the rich neighborhoods afterwards, just to look at all the beautiful homes there. Mm. And so I always knew that I didn't belong there and I didn't really know why. And I didn't really know why, you know, why didn't my parents make enough money or why couldn't we live in a place like that? You know, what was it? So I think I started thinking about these things really, really early on. And so when I got into college, it was like the floodgates just, opened up for me and I began to you know really seek and then through sociology find some of the answers to some of these questions that I'd always had.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And uh, did you say you went to school at in Southern California or as a in community college, I mean?
1: Right. So I went to Anlo Valley College for mm-hmm. my AA and mm-hmm. then of course as you know transitioned to CSUB. Um, In my uh, sociology major.
0: Right. Yeah. And was there like a particular class or instructor that uh, in within ABC, that institution that really motivated you or encouraged you to jump in or I guess maybe influenced you? in that in choosing that major that discipline
1: yeah because like when i i don't even know if i knew anything about sociology really you know when i started um going to abc so when i guess it was a an elective that i must have taken um or a requirement i took sociology 101 and it was with daniel serby who i believe is now retired Mm -hmm. and i it kind of narrowed in, it zoomed in on, on so many of the things that I wanted to explore. And I realized when I took his class that I would be able to explore those things, um, not just um, as a history major, looking at things through a historical and political lens, but really the, the nitty gritty about society. And... Amy Andrada, who who works at ABC now as a sociology professor, she was doing her master's thesis at the time. And she actually came into the classroom on, you know, right at the end of the semester. And she was like, hey, I've, I'm a student and I've got this project and I want to know the answer to this. And it was, if I'm not mistaken, she was doing a study on motherhood a single motherhood to Mm -hmm. be um exact and even though that is not my field looking at motherhood and all that kind of stuff I realized that it was a project like that It, it was questions like that that I wanted to explore and so that's ultimately through um sociology 101 and through Amy visiting the class that day that I realized okay I think this is what I want to transition to when I get my undergrad, when I get my bachelor's degree.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. So you did have somebody come in and like explain, hey, this is what I'm doing. Right. Uh, And that was fascinating, right?
1: Yeah, that was, it was so cool because having her visit the class and inviting us to participate in this survey, it was really exciting because it it was more than just reading the textbook you know it was like oh this is something that i could do yes. as a student in in sociology going forward and so it was really exciting that i might get to do a project like that as well so just having um you know kind of the the foundations being kind of explained to me and laid out by daniel servy and then amy coming in and uh, sharing what her project was with us. It Mm. was, it really changed, um, my trajectory.
0: Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So it can explain to you like, oh, this is actually something that's, um, I could actually do as a student. So yeah. right, uh, And it was
1: very exciting. I I just remember feeling like, oh boy, yeah, this is for me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really fun. You know, like just, the research aspect is just really, you know, when you uncover those those patterns or you start to figure them out or the piece of puzzle pieces start to come together, it's it's just a really awesome experience. So, yeah, it that's, is. that's really cool. And so um, now that, you know, you graduated, graduated, uh, you you earned your sociology degree at CSUB or at CSU Bakersfield. And then what what happened after that? once you graduated?
1: So I ended up getting a minor also in English Lit. And so I transitioned to getting a master's in English after that. Um, That was kind of like, just the natural just, you know, almost like the natural flow of things. Um, Just like how when I was a history major, sociology was the next step. For me, the next step was English. And so I will graduate um, this semester, actually, with my master's degree. So awesome!
0: Congrats! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and it's uh, it's really interesting that you know some some students will move into sociology from another discipline. I'm an example of that with uh, liberal. I graduated with a bachelor's in liberal studies, moved into sociology. And then uh, there are also some people who move, who graduate in sociology with a bachelor's degree or bachelor's degree in sociology and then move into something else. And I think that's so interesting and it's just very normal. Yeah. I've seen it a lot of times. And I think students think that, well, I graduated sociology with a sociology degree. I need to do something that's sociology related. And that's not always the case. I mean, right? as I mentioned in, in a previous podcast, uh, sociology tends to encompass multiple disciplines. I mean, it encompasses philosophy. I mean, the theories are built off of philosophy. Um, And then, you know, there's also historical elements that sociology tends to build off of. And then there's sociology of education. I mean, I came from liberal studies. There's tons of sociology and sociological research that have to do with education being in the classroom. So it encompasses so much when you're in sociology.
1: Absolutely. it's,
0: It's very normal for somebody to either move into sociology from another discipline or move out of sociology into something specific, like yourself, you know, you, you went into English, right? Right. um, Now you're going to graduate with the, um, the master's in English. Right. Right. And so, yeah, that's, so I think students need to know that it's, it's okay to do that, right. To move on to something else. And you, do you feel like sociology helped you, in your graduate studies or even in your current occupation?
1: So yes, on both counts. Um, when I began my, uh, when I actually, when I took my first class as an English major in um, at ASU, um, I worked with a great professor, great group of students, uh, wonderful class and great first experience there. But I realized very quickly that um, our final project was to write like a mini prospectus mm-hmm. uh, proposal that would go in front of, you know, like the IRB or something like that. And a lot of the mm-hmm. students in the class had never done a, you know, mock research project before. Mm-hmm. And so me, I, I took uh, Professor Castlestrand um, who is unfortunately no longer with CSUB. I, you know, alas, but um, I took quantitative analysis with her and i and that was our project. That's exactly what we did in her class. And so someone transitioning to the humanities, I felt like I was so far ahead of most of the rest of the class because I had already done literally the same uh project already as an undergrad so it really really helped me to really not just create this kind of mock proposal as an assignment fulfillment but now based on what i had learned as a sociology major paired with what i was learning as a new um english student it really allowed me to have a more robust um proposal although it was smaller than uh you know a true proposal would be for like uh you know if you wanted to get your dissertation but it allowed me to start really thinking in in that way like hey maybe i Maybe I really can get a PhD if that's something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not so hard. Maybe I can achieve it. And I feel like sociology. If I would not have had that background, um, knowing about research design, knowing about methodology, and thinking about what my 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 big question was, and which methodology and design would help me in that process, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I would have done as well in the class. But I don't. I also don't think I would have. Um, been able to see myself getting an even more advanced degree, like a PhD or something. So it really, sociology really kind of gave me the wings to fly in that regard. And I I just thanked my lucky stars more than one time for, (laughs) you know, as some of the other students in the class were lost and not understanding, I was like, oh, yeah, Um, I could literally write this up very quickly because I've already done something that's very, very similar to this as an undergrad in sociology.
0: Right. Yeah. So you did feel ahead of the game in that aspect.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So awesome. And so can you tell us a little bit of how graduate level work is different from your undergraduate level work? Did you, is there like a um, clear distinction of how it's different?
1: So, as a graduate student, I don't feel like it's as different as I imagined it would be. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What's it's actually better, it it can be harder. It's a lot of work, Um, it's a lot of writing, depending on what field you go into, but Mm -hmm. it's also more focused on what you want to do. So, as a graduate student, you are, you know, you don't have to worry so much about requirements anymore you know you're you're really your education is really tailored to your individual likes and interests so it's a lot even though it can be really challenging it's also a lot more liberating as a a student and as someone who's really interested in learning um it's just uh more more focused and tailored to what you actually want to do
0: okay awesome yeah and so I wanted, wanted to back up a little bit about um, you know your occupation and what you currently do now. as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you're a program coordinator. I just want to uh, ask what that actually entails. What does your job look like on I guess on an everyday basis, when you walk in, what is it that you do? And, um, and yeah, how has sociology really played a part in that in the development or you know in your current occupation?
1: Right. So as a program coordinator, I work in the the writing center at the Tempe campus um, for Arizona State University. And so my role is to uh, oversee about 20 or so student workers um, from desk aides to writing tutors that are undergrads to uh, graduate writing tutors. Mm. Um, They are all kind of under my umbrella so to speak um we're also uh working on an online community called uh it's through the inscribe platform Mm. where i am responsible for creating and kind of facilitating the writing channel there are different learning channels um like biology, chemistry, engineering, some of the, you know, big majors that we have at ASU, and then uh, we're also working on setting up the writing channel um, as an online community where the tutors go in and answer questions that students might have. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically what I do. It's, it's, it's actually a pretty demanding role. And I, I do a lot of different things, but those are the more, I guess, fun aspects of the job. And, um, that is pretty much the like meat and potatoes of the job, if you will.
0: Okay. Yeah. And have you noticed anything, uh, related to sociology that has maybe helped you or, uh, with your current occupation, what you do, or help you to understand certain things, maybe interactions with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that has also been a super um, important foundational aspect of my career because I guess I guess I can answer that in two parts. So first of all, all of our staff are student workers, so they have to be federal work study eligible. And you know that means that there have to you know be certain fi- financial um, criteria that are are met to be a student worker. So I feel like being a sociology major it really helps me to understand um, different populations of students and the challenges that they face because yeah. I have my own learned experience. Uh, and challenges that I faced as a student. So that helps me. But I feel like sociology helps to round out that understanding Mm -hmm. and helps me to, you know, uh, let's say we have a staff meeting and one of the student workers isn't paying attention. My automatic response is not to think, oh, well, you know, they just don't care, they're not paying attention, I'm going to be thinking about other things, you know, that it might be, or if they have issues, maybe showing up to work on time. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm going to look at those other alternatives for reasons why that might be happening. So Mm -hmm. I really feel like it, it sociology really kind of helps me to be a better supporter of, I guess, human populations. Mm -hmm. But it also, I really feel like it helps me to be a better thinker. I think differently. The way that I see the world is different and more robust, because I do have that background in sociology.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I've had that pretty frequently where students are just saying how um, you know, when they're working with other people or other populations, it helps them to, I guess, form empathy or just just really be in that other pe- person's shoes, right? And just to know about their experiences or just be understanding of their experiences. And so not to just write off somebody as like being lazy or like, you know, well, that's exactly,
1: not,
0: You know, do craps about what I have to say, you know? Exactly. So that's something that I had to learn as well I mean even coming from sociology you know just knowing um when I first started teaching it was like students would you know do certain things I'm like well that's because they don't respect me as an instructor but then I started to understand these complexities you know in life and people's experiences and that um for instance I had a colleague who said that one student would come in and just like eventually just like Start to doze off and like, and fall asleep. And she's like, "Well, that's not, like, you know, that's kind of." She kind of took heart, uh, took that to heart at first, but then realized once she sat down with that student face to face and started asking, like, "Hey, what's what's going on?" You know, like, and she understood that that person was a single mom trying to get go to school, working a full time job at night, <laughs> and then having to come and 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 take classes during the day right very difficult and so um yeah it it was just exerted a lot of energy on that person so those are the kind of things that you know you learn you learn to understand these experiences that people have and not just to write them off as something else you know and so what is what is right could be happening here and just kind of leave that open and so exactly yeah so that's really interesting and that's 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 a pretty common one that i hear just really understanding other people and what their experiences are like, are there other factors that influence their their behaviors or what they're doing? You know, so
1: and also the aspect of building community. Um, I'm I'm super new in my role. I've only worked there. I I just started a couple of weeks ago, so mm-hmm. I'm still trying to implement this. Um, but I I want my goal, my ultimate goal with my staff is to establish community. And that will not just be with my staff, but with the students that come in to the writing center to, um, you know, receive our services. To me, um, instead of looking at um, my, you know, work life as like this hierarchy where I am on the top and then I've got my staff and then the students, to me, we're all together in a community um, of writers say. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like sociology really helped me to understand the importance of community and the impact that forming strong communities can have in your occupation and in your personal life as well.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And so these, when we think about your job and, um, what you do as a program coordinator um what do you think are the or i guess what do you feel are the benefits of your job or what what do you do you love about your job or like about it
1: well what i really love about it is that i i i feel that i was very well supported in my role as a tutor in a a writing center myself as a student worker and this is kind of the you know second part of your previous question is that I started out myself as a student worker tutoring sociology and writing and um, you know a few other topics um, history and geography and things like that. And so what I love about my job is that now I have the opportunity to support others in their role and not just to help them thrive as tutors, but to help them figure out what they want to do with their degree and what they want to learn in their roles as tutors going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would what would you say... Um... Would be the challenges of your occupation
1: there. The challenges of that are that (laughs) the student staff, they are not my own only responsibility. I have other responsibilities, you know, more kind of, I guess, the bureaucracy of the job and kind of the day to day. Um, functions of the job that maybe aren't as fun, like making sure everybody clocks in and out on time mm-hmm. and making sure that everybody puts their time in every week and, you know, making sure that people do, you know, the trainings that we offer and things like that. So, yeah. um, you know, and not not to mention the other you know the other things I have like the inscribe project and some other things. So oftentimes I find myself getting pulled in uh, a million different directions at once, and so you really have to be flexible. And I find myself wanting. I wish that I could devote more, even more time to my student staff. And sometimes the demands of the job just um, don't allow me to be as present as I as I always can. I feel like that's also because the semester just started. And so, um, you know, it's always crazy for the first week or two. And then it kind of, you know, comes down to an even keel. um, So I'm looking forward to to (laughs) that.
0: Right. Yeah. So just being stretched thin or having to wear multiple right. hats is just yes
1: exactly um,
0: yeah the very the challenges of your job you, um you had mentioned um your experiences at CCB being the writing tutor and so yeah for anybody that's tuning in um uh, Allison Rigby was in my classes <laughs> and so she was very helpful with helping students with their writing um if there are any students that really struggled in their writing. I always, you know, recommended Allison. She was great. It is great. Still is great. And um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing is I can't send them to you anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Many hats. And so um, do you feel like just be, having that opportunity, just being the English writing tutor open some doors for you?
1: Definitely. Um And, you know, that's where I really, I guess, was the origin point of where I am right now. And it, you know, is kind of it's it's rooted, like I said, in many different subjects, um, because I did I did uh, I. I just love so many different subjects, it's hard to narrow it down. So I ended up tutoring all these different subjects, sociology being one of them. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to grow and continue in that role. So when I started my master's at ASU, I ended up getting a graduate writing tutor uh, position. And I just talked to my boss, who was really, really supportive. And I told her, I love working here. What can I do to, you know, become a full-time employee in um, the writing center and not just a tutor. And she supported me in that, but I if I wouldn't have had the initial experience as a tutor. So I would say for sociology students that might be also interested in writing or even um, subject area tutoring, the, the the learning center at your school, Um, The Writing Center, those are great places to begin a career if you love higher ed and if this is something that you want to continue doing. I would absolutely recommend to become a tutor. You will learn so much about yourself and get so much better at your craft um, as someone in education when you're a tutor and then of course you know you can transition into a role like mine where i'm now the supervisor of you know 20 plus um student workers
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and you know it's just the extra little things that you do while you're on campus or enrolled in the university which can really spark interest Or certain passion in other areas. So I've had people come on, like I'll mention, you know, reference Joey Williams episode again. Um, He had mentioned just just being part of volunteer work, being part of the community, uh, because that really sparked his interest in what he's actually doing now as an organizer. And so, um, yeah, I think that you know students tend to just come in and say, "I'm just going to put my head down." I'm just gonna do me (laughs) and just uh get good grades. But then I you can do
1: it, but Mm. you I you will not have nearly as good of an experience and you probably won't be as successful if that is how you choose to be a student.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's great to have other things on your resume. I mean, even if you want to get involved in some Club activities. I mean, it doesn't even have to be sociology club. You know, I've had students that were, a, who had a sociology, were a sociology major, but were participating in like gamers club or like criminal justice club. And so, you didn't it doesn't even necessarily have to be sociology club, but as long as you're doing something extra beyond just your studies, um, right? It can be definitely very beneficial, right? Like you had you were doing your studies getting the grades, but then you also had took on these extra tasks as a tutor, which then right. opened up doors in other areas. Right. And so I always tend to encourage students and they could take my advice or not, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just to do other things, just be involved in the community, take on extra tasks, because these are things that you can write on your resume, you know? And so just, uh, being open to doing other things besides just putting your head down, reading the book, going in, taking the tests, getting a grades. I mean, I've mentioned in in other podcasts that, you know, I've heard of other people that just um, once they graduate, they have a really hard time getting a job because they have no other experience. I mean, they did very well in school. They got good grades, but they weren't part of like uh, fundraising or involved in service work or communities or, or community organizations or anything like that and so those are things that jobs when they want to employ somebody and they want to see that kind of stuff and see that you've done this extra stuff and right so I always tell the students and then for me when students are part of sociology club that gives i feel like those students that are part of the club i have much more interactions with because i'm the club advisor and therefore their um their reference letters are Are stronger because I have a personal connection to them. Like I know them better than I would somebody that just came in, put their head down, and it's like, Can I have a reference letter? It's like, Yeah, but I don't really know you. So (laughs) I know you did my class, but that's kind of all I can say about you. So yeah, definitely. um, I think that extra work is key, you know? And I I think it is key too. too,
1: I I think it's key too. And I think that for a lot of students in You know, students at CSUB and students at Antelope Valley College and most community colleges, I would argue, are, they're busy, you know, they've got a lot going on, there's all different ages of people there with different challenges and, you know, life experiences and expectations. Um, for me, one of the reasons why I didn't get more involved early on when I was at AVC was because I just didn't have the time. I knew that, you know, all of my professors said, "Oh, it's, you know, better to, you know, join a club, you know, come to the extracurriculars," and and I I didn't carve out time to do that until the tail end of my experience at AVC when I was getting ready to graduate, but it did make a difference. And um, it's to add to what you said about like kind of diversifying your experience, I'll also add that it's the, the personal connections that you have with your professors, with your peers, Um, you know, doing those extracurriculars and being more involved at your campus that really make a difference, not just in um, your experience while you're in school, but in your career going forward, you will, like you just said, you know, you will remember the people that were more involved and therefore can give them stronger letters of recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so crucial. And it's something that they don't, you know, tell you, you know, when you get your degree, it's not really the degree. I mean, it is the degree, but that is just one part of it. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: have to make those connections with people and it will absolutely benefit you and enrich your life, not just in your education and your career, but personally, um, you know, to have that support from your peers and your your, um, your professors and the people at your campus who are there to support you. Um, it's, you will fare so much better and you'll be less stressed
0: mm-hmm. and you'll,
1: you'll get more done. You'll have more opportunities when you graduate, if you make those connections with people.
0: Right. Yeah. And you had mentioned, um, you know, being in the program and just saying, Hey, I, I really want to work here full time. I really love this. Um, you approach one of your uh, member in your connection, right? Your social network. And you said, how can I do this? And they, they helped you along the way. Right. So just uh, also making those connections are very helpful as well, as you mentioned, just when we expand our social network, we know in our network, it opens up more opportunities as well. So
1: definitely it's crucial. I would say that in my experience, having those personal connections with professors and with peers is just as important as the degree that you get. You cannot rely solely on the degree. You've mm. got to make friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, be a
1: citizen. Be a citizen of your community.
0: Right. Yep. It is part of the game. <laughs> and so uh, I, don't, I don't know if I if you mentioned this already, but you said you were ready to graduate, right? With your master's degree in, in English, right? Right. And so what was, what is your end project? Is it, um, what does it entail? I don't know if I, did you mention this already?
1: Um. So unfortunately, as an online student, I don't get the option of doing a thesis. Okay. So I was kind of sad about that, but I still have been really happy in the program nonetheless. And Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to work with my capstone professor, um, Jason Bryant. He is amazing and someone that I've already worked with. Um, And so I will probably, the project that we get like three different choices um, of the project that we'll do and we can put together a portfolio uh, is one of them. And that is the one that I will be doing. So I will be focusing my efforts on um, post-humanism and environmental humanities. And then beyond that, um, with the PhD, I have just hemmed and hawed for the last year or two thinking about will I, won't I, will I, won't I? And I still am you know, not sure if that is something that the future will hold for me. Um, Right now, I feel like I'm going to need a break. I'm kind of <laughs> looking forward to being done with the masters. So but you know, I just read an article a couple of months ago about an 80 year old guy who got his PhD finally, yeah. after all those years. So you know, if I get it later, then it'll be okay too.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think you're reading an article about me in the future. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, it's an online program. So this, I don't know, if, I don't remember catching that. So it's Arizona state university uh, Tempe. Yes. It, it's an online English master's program. Is
1: right. That so that, so I'm an online student and I, I began at my uh, my time with them uh, while I was still living in California, but you know, being a graduate writing tutor was such a great experience for me that I ended up moving to the Arizona area. And I now live in Tempe, just a few miles down the street from the campus. And that was all because I was a tutor and I asked how I could get a full-time job. And my, my, uh, my boss was really, really supportive. Her name's Darby Simpson. She is Amazing and wonderful, and knows everything about everything. And she supported me, and that is why I'm here now.
0: Awesome, excellent, yeah. So you just jumped right in, said, "Hey, I'm jumped right in, yeah. Packed everything
1: up and." Saddled up my horse and rode on out. <laughs>
0: yeah. The heat, yeah, is pretty similar, is what you were thinking, right? From Lancaster yeah. to Arizona. Maybe a little bit hotter, right? Yeah,
1: it's it's a little more intense because we're at a lower elevation. So and we don't get that beautiful uh breeze that we get in the Antelope Valley that's you know <laughs> rolling over the San Gabriel Mountains and you know, yeah. in from the beach. So we don't get that, but yeah. I'm I'm coping. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But you love what you do and that's what's important, you know. And exactly.
1: uh, Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. So you're willing to get up and and go, because it was it was what you're passionate about. So and so for anyone that's uh interested in doing something similar to what you're doing right now, uh, whether that's in the masters in in English or uh as a program coordinator, what would you what advice would you give that person?
1: So what I would say is, try to focus on try to focus on what you love when you're thinking about what career you want. Um, if you want to become a master's student, if you want to get an advanced degree, think about what you want to study and think about what, you know what is the best school that you can um, find that supports you in your endeavors. Um, and I would say if you want to become, you know maybe you're listening and you are a tutor right now and you really enjoy it and you want to um, maybe you know have a a larger place in your writing center where you work I would say make friends you know make connections build those relationships with your peers and with your your supervisors and ask questions all I did was ask you know I asked my boss how can I do this you know what what does this entail? And she told me, but if I never would have asked her, then I never would have gotten that answer. And I wouldn't be doing something that I really, really love right now. That's yeah. a good job and something that I'm also happy doing, which is, I feel rare.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one piece of advice I got from one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Gonzalo Santos was just to ask because you never know what's going to happen right? Or you never know what, what they're going to say, you know, um, worst case scenario, they say no. And that's your answer, you know, but, um, you know, as you mentioned, you'd opened up some doors for you. When I graduated with my master's degree in sociology, after, uh, defended my thesis, I walked up to the Dean. I had been her teaching assistant. This is Dr. Anderson Fasil, who's still currently in the, the department of sociology at CCB. And, um, I just asked like, Hey, I I know that your technology and society class hasn't really, you know, been running. You haven't been running that course because the person that was teaching that class left to get their PhD. And I said, I'd like to take a go at it, you know, (laughs) I'd like to try it out, you know, just because my master's thesis was about forming online networks specifically with Facebook. And why is it that, uh, Ah, uh, freshman and sophomore students. Uh, these are university students, that, and uh, why why is it that they create these online networks? And so, it was all about the communication aspect of technology and how that influences our behaviors. And I I just thought that was right on my alley, you know. And and so I I took on that course. I got really great reviews, and so then that opened up another door where she said you know, Dr. Anderson Vasil said, Hey, would you like to teach qualitative research methods? And I said, yeah, I mean, heck yeah, that's, uh, you know, I wrote my master's thesis and I used the qualitative research methods tool, you know, interviews and whatnot. And, um, that opened up another door. And then, you know, soon enough, I was getting another class, another class, and then I was teaching full time. And so, and all I did was, was go into the office and ask, you know, and so exactly. And it just, you know, if I would have never just taken the time to just go up those stairs, and ask like hey is there an opportunity for me um worst case worst thing she said was no right but she exactly and here i am you know and so yeah i think it's so true you know just to form those networks you know just do that extra extra whatever it is right being a tutor a teaching assistant to to make those connections and because they they do open up Opportunities for you. So they do.
1: And don't give, I would also say, as a just parting advice in that regard, don't be afraid. Don't allow your little, you know, inner voice to influence you to the contrary, to the, it will keep you from what you want to do in life. Don't be afraid. You have to be tough and you have to. You have to go for it. But forming those connections, tying it back to that, forming those connections with your peers and your, your professors will Mm -hmm. give you that motivation and that support that will allow you to really overcome. I mean, I have had, um, you know, Diana Lozano, she Mm -hmm. is a good friend. We have had chats, you know, where I have been like, oh my God, you know, imposter syndrome. It's kicking it again. What am I going to do? And she is there for me to support me. And it's, it yeah. was huge as I was um this, you know, since I've really known her, it's that support is just so, so wonderful, but you, you have to be tough and you have to stick in there and, you know, be willing to put yourself out there, even if it feels uncomfortable and awkward and scary. Because if you don't ask, then you'll never know. And the answer could be no, but it also could be yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. try to
1: hang on to that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And you know, i've I've noticed that as a faculty member, that students want to get to know me, and they they want to form these connections. And I'm open to it. You know, I have open door policy and. I feel like I'm pretty nice and I. <laughs> you're very <and> so, nice. <laughs> and hopefully that encourages students to come and, and talk to me, and, you know, and that's some advice that I'd like to give faculty members too, is not to, it's just, just, you know, the open door policy is nice. And, you know, I know that we are stretched really thin as faculty members. That's, that's totally true, but students really like to mean, this is, this is how they get to the next step is through us, you know? And so, that's uh, that's why I have this open door policy, you know, and and I encourage them to come to me and, and ask me for for letters of recommendation. I am honest, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's, but um, yeah, I want to thank you also for coming on and giving us your time. And because I know you're you know, you're as a graduate student, <laughs> you know, your time is, is very valuable to you. So it definitely will appreciate you coming and spending some time with us.
1: Well, thanks for having me. This was a blast.
0: Yeah, likewise. So I hope to have you back on and good luck. And uh, congratulations when you, you know, your graduation is near.
1: (laughs) It is. Thank you so
0: much. All right. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Sociology Talk. For more great stories from sociologists, please subscribe and check out my other available episodes. See you next time.